So I like to say that my natural habitat is the library, and that's just because it holds so many fond memories for me throughout my life. And it just always feels to me like a very safe and secure environment, an environment that is just warm and welcoming and uh, always seems to have the thrill and excitement of kind of an amusement park, only metaphorically, when it comes to knowledge and uh, ideas. Uh, my earliest childhood memories are going to the library with my mom and checking out books and just looking through the stacks and seeing all these volumes of fiction and nonfiction, all these different uh, journeys that I could go on uh, just by opening that book. Uh, and so it was always really, really fun to go with her there and to get a stack of books and take them back home. And, you know, even if it was just uh, kind of skimming through some of them and actually reading others, it was always something that I really, really looked forward to. And so uh, being in a library, just having that chance to kind of connect with the knowledge that is there has always been something that I valued, that mattered to me, and that was really, really important. So as I grew older, I just started buying books, as many books as I could find. And uh, not always brand new books. Actually, rarely did I buy brand new books because they were more expensive and I was young, so I didn't have a lot of money. Uh, but I would go to book sales and some of the book sales I would go to would have these deals where you could spend like a dollar or a few dollars and get a whole box of books, as many books as you can fit in the box. And they would, you know, kind of let you have them for a few bucks. So that was just the most amazing thing for me as a young adult, being able to go to these uh, book sales and just just stock up on anything you could imagine. And so I built a library by the time I was in my 20s of several thousand books. And it was kind of my, it, it was it was my pride and joy. It was kind of one of my crowning achievements as a young adult. Uh, and I bought these really cheap rickety bookshelves at Walmart and just set them up in my house and stacked all the books on there. And then I spent hours and hours and hours organizing them into different categories, different ways of uh, kind of, yeah, of organizing them that I felt kind of worked for me. Uh, and so it was so much fun just having that uh, in, in my living room and the place where I spent all my day and being able to look at those different shelves and see all of those volumes and, you know, just be able to pick a book out and then have either the memory of when I bought that book or the memory when I, of when I first read that book kind of associated with that. So it's kind of like looking at a portrait of my life there on the, on the bookshelves. And so it was something that I valued and that mattered so much to me. And, and during that time period, uh, actually even before when I was even a teenager, early in my teens, I started reading philosophy. I don't know why I got into philosophy. It was just part of my curio curious nature to ask these kind of existential questions about life and why we're here and all these sorts of things. And so I started digging into these really massive volumes uh, written by all the ancient Greeks and then some of the German philosophers. And it was such, a, again, a point of pride being able to finish one of those volumes. And I mean, as a teenager, I probably understood maybe 4% or 2% of what was actually trying to be conveyed in those volumes. But I just, I loved the ideas and I loved how it would spark these kind of feelings of connection and inspiration to the 
words on the page and the way they kind of framed and the way they uh, expressed these uh, different ways of thinking. And so it was really a, an interesting way of coming up as a young adult and then going into university, having kind of already found uh, a footing of uh, ideas that I felt were important, that I, ideas that I felt I, I kind of reflected my values, and ideas that I would come to kind of test later on in my life, because of course, uh, as a teenager, I didn't know anything. And so <laughs> I think it's really important that we always uh, learn and evolve uh, our ways of thinking. And we understand that we're not going to be right, uh, you know, throughout our life. And a lot of the ideas that we might have may be really, really, really wrong. And so uh, after testing, a lot of those ideas, I uh, there's a lot of them I had to throw out because I was like, "Wow, well, that doesn't make any sense." So you know, why why am I bothering to kind of uh, continue to think that way? Uh, but I think one of the greatest things that that experience gave me was this very simple, simple, simple approach to my life and to my work, um, which is just to ask the existential question that's on the table, or even just to acknowledge that there's an existential aspect to the work that's being done. And I don't think we do that. We get so mired into the kind of day-to-day, -day, the step-by-step, -step, the process of I, uh, that we're, we're working through, that we forget that there's this kind of existential part of it that has to do with why are we doing this to begin with? And Having come from that background, trying to understand why we are here as a human being, uh, it really gave me a chance to take that attitude, that mindset into, uh, into my work. And so I started just questioning everything, or I just try to question everything. Uh, even down to why are we doing this, or maybe just why are we doing this this way? And that's really helped me kind of reform the things that I do or try things in a different way or just try to be a little bit more innovative. Uh, so asking those existential questions was really, uh, I think, has been really important for how my career has progressed. And then the other thing that I think uh, having a kind of a firm, uh, I won't say firm, but having an anchoring somewhat into philosophy, even if it was, you know, just my own pursuit, um, the other thing it really helped was giving me this uh, mindset for self-reflection. And I think this is really something that we don't value as much as we should in our day-to-day -day life, reflecting on the decisions we make and why we make them is critical for learning and for progressing in life and for actually getting to that next step and helping you make that next decision, uh, at least in a more informed way. So uh, reflecting on the things that are existential about our existence, reflecting about how we do things, all of this is kind of wrapped up in that very early uh, interest, that very early curiosity about philosophy and about our ways of thinking. Uh, so I think it's really important for us to, to have maybe not an anchoring in philosophy so much, but just an anchoring in that curiosity and that curious mindset. So my takeaway is this. Now, you don't have to be like me and read a whole bunch of books about philosophy to ask the very basic question, why? Why are we doing things the way we're doing things? Why do I think the way I think? Why do I believe the things that I believe? Why is the world the way it is? Uh, you can ask those questions without having re read a whole bunch of philosophy. 
But I do think it's important that we ask those questions. So my call to action is uh, ask why. And I ask why in a very specific way sometimes. I ask why in a series of chains. So I will say, why is this the way it is? And then the answer to that, I interrogate that then. Why is that the way it is? And then I'll get an answer. And I ask again, why? And again, why? And again, why? So uh, I usually stick to a chain of five whys. So ask why, get an answer. 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 Ask why. I think that gets a lot of times both to the root of an issue, but it also helps showcase the connections that these different issues might have in our life. Uh, so that's my call to action. Ask why five times. <laughs>